The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. The Lord is blessing me, and I believe the Lord is blessing all of us because he promised that he will. Amen. Glory to God. You know, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. The earth is the Lord, and the fullness thereof, and all they that dwell therein. What am I saying, beloved? God is still in control. Amen. God is still in control. And the words of the Lord are pure. The words of the Lord are pure. And those that trust in him, that word works for them. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. It's our joy to be with you this morning, and we're honored that you're with us to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, and to honor God and his word. And beloved, all I want to do, and I hope this is your desire as well, all I want to do is do the will of the Lord. All I want to do when I stand before you is to bear witness to the truth. For this cause and for this purpose, I am sent to bear witness to the truth. Amen. This morning we're going to continue in the word of the Lord. And as we continue in the word of the Lord, I want you, and I'm believing God to give you, ears to hear, a heart to receive, and a mind that's willing and ready to understand God's revelation to you. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the privilege of standing in this open door to declare the word of the Lord to your people. Thank you for this opportunity to bear witness to the truth. I'm asking you, Father God, to think through my mind, speak through my lips, and God, let me do and say what you would have me to do and say. I thank you, Father God, I thank you for giving me the tongue of the learned that I might speak a word in season. And so, Lord, with conviction and clarity, let your word come forth. And I pray that signs will follow your word to confirm the truth of your word and your might and your power in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Last week, beloved, I began a new series that I've called, and I am calling it, The Path of Perfection. The Path of Perfection. And it was taken from Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. There in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, Jesus is teaching his sermon on the mount. And there before him are gathered the multitudes. And in this sermon, Jesus said something to the multitude. In chapter 5 of Matthew, verse 48, 
He said unto them, Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Perfect. Be ye therefore perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. So I'm talking about the path of perfection. And today I want to call this message, Don't Lose Your Joy. Now last week I began to talk about patience and the importance of patience and how patience sets us on the path of perfection according to the book of James. But today I want to take it a step further and show you the relationship between patience and joy. In fact, patience and joy is like fitting a hand into a glove. And it's not enough, beloved, just to say I'm working on my patience. You got to be working on your joy as well. You got to avail yourselves of the joy of the Lord. You know, I know all of us get weary sometimes with what's going on. And some days are more difficult than others. But God is teaching us patience. Well, I know he's certainly teaching me patience. But one thing you don't want to forget, when you're t being taught patience, don't forget joy. And whatever you do, no matter how hard the place is you may fall upon, no matter how much pressure comes against you, don't lose your joy. Because God wants to use all of that to set us on the path of perfection. Remember last week I quoted from James, James chapter 1, verse 2, where James said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And let patience have a perfect word. Don't resist the test. Don't resist the trial. Don't resist the pressures of life. James said, let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and tired, wanting nothing. In other words, whatever you find yourself dealing with, God's going to use that to set you on the path of perfection. Now, James says you to consider your diverse temptations. He says you should consider it joy. Joy. Count it as joy. And I suppose James is saying that because James is dealing with life. And we got to deal with life. You know, in life, stuff happens. It happens to me. It happens to you. Nobody's immune from stuff happening. It happens all the time. And, you know, the enemy comes against us, and his number one weapon is affliction. According to Mark chapter 4, verse 17, that's the enemy's number one weapon, affliction. In fact, Mark said it was persecution and affliction. And afflictions are nothing more, beloved, than the pressures of life. How many ever feel squeezed sometime from the pressures of life? We feel squeezed when we're dealing with sickness, financial problems, persecution, or trouble, or various tests and trials. They have a tendency to, to squeeze us, and sometimes we feel like we're in the vice grip. But that's the time... Not only should we be patient, but that's the time we got to appeal to the joy of the Lord. Now, when you encounter the pressures of life, whatever you do, beloved, don't get upset. Don't get upset. Whatever you do, don't lose your joy. Let me say that again. When you encounter pressures of life, don't get upset and don't lose 
your joy. Glory to God. You got to learn to endure that pressure with joy. You got to learn to endure it with the joy of the Lord. Knowing that these things are being used by God to teach us patience. And patience puts us on the path of perfection. Glory to God. But it only puts us on the path of, the path of perfection if we don't lose our joy. There's a caveat. If you don't lose your joy, then you'll be on the path of perfection. James has counted all joy. Now that's, that's a tall order for some of us to count it all joy. When sickness come against you, count it all joy. When there's financial problems, count it all joy. When this persecution, somebody lying on you, calling you everything but a child of God, James says, count it all joy. Whatever the problem is, James says, count it all joy. Glory to God. He didn't say happiness. Did you notice that? He did not say happy. You know, a lot of folks, that's their question life. They want to be happy. Everybody want to be happy. But you know, the word happy is hardly mentioned in the Bible. The word happy probably appears less than five times in the Bible. But the word joy, the joy of the Lord, it's just throughout the scriptures, especially the, the New Testament. God wants us to have joy more than happiness. Why am I saying this? James never said, count it happy. Count it as happiness when you fall into diverse temptation. No, he didn't say that. He says, count it as joy. There is a difference between joy and happiness. What is happiness? Seems like everybody want to be happy. Some people actually get married because they want to be happy. And they think their spouse is going to bring them happiness. Listen here. Happiness, listen to me very carefully, beloved. Happiness is based on happenings. Happiness is based on circumstances. And when, the happen, and when the happenings change, when the circumstances change, your happiness takes on wings and it flies away. It escapes you. Happiness is a state of well-being and contentment. And it's brought to us by someone or something to give us pleasurable satisfaction. Then we feel happy. Glory to God. But that's not what joy is. You see, happiness is a feeling. But thank God, joy is a force. Joy is a force of the Spirit. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is an attribute of God. Joy is something deep down in our heart. Even when you don't have a smile on your face, you can have a smile in your heart because you feel with the joy of the Lord. Glory to God. And God wants us first and foremost to have the joy of the Lord, not necessarily seeking after happiness. Happiness is fleeting. It will be fleeting. It's fleeting. We think we got a grip on happiness. Then all of a sudden it escapes us. But the joy of the Lord is always with you. The joy of the Lord is in your heart. And the joy of the Lord, you'll never lose it. And it's patience with the joy of the Lord that puts you on the path of perfection. Paul told the Galatians in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. There it is. Love, joy, and peace. 
patience, gentleness, goodness. Huh? Come on. Faith, meekness, temperance against. There is no law. There is no prohibition. There is no law, no limitation on having the fruit of the Spirit because the fruit of the Spirit are really the attributes of God. They are the characteristics of God himself and you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. Therefore, you have the joy of the Lord inside of you and when you're facing a problem, when you're facing the pressures of life, you must appeal first and foremost not to happiness but you want to appeal to the joy of the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'll take joy over any day than being happy. I'll take joy any day over being happy because happiness is just based on circumstances. And beloved, the truth is all your circumstances are not going to give you that feeling of happiness. But even when your circumstances give you a feeling of pain, you can still have the joy of the Lord. Glory to God. So when trials come to test your faith, and detach your character. That's what trials do. Right now during this pandemic, our faith is being tested. Our character is being trust tested. So when any trial comes, it comes to test what you believe. It comes to test your faith. It comes to test your character. What kind of character you have? Do you have a character or are your characteristics filled with the attributes of God, which is love, joy, and peace? Glory to God. So let the trials come. Let the enemy test my character. But I'm going to appeal in this trial to a character witness. You ever gone to court? Some of you all have gone to court, I know. You ever gone to court? One of the things that will help your case is a good character witness. Joy is your best character witness during a trial. Let me say it again. Joy is your best character witness during a trial. You want to always call on the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord will give you a good witness when your faith being tested. And your character is being tested. Glory to God. Joy is so important in the life of a believer. Too many of us have hung down heads and heavy hearts. Too many of us are mourning and crying when we ought to be appealing to the joy of the Lord. Too many of us are grieved and feeling sorry for ourselves when we ought to be appealing to the joy of the Lord. For it's patience and joy that puts us on the path of perfection. I'm recalled about Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter 8. And leading up to verse 10, there Nehemiah, Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem, as you know, to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And in doing and rebuilding those walls, he, he and Ezra the priest, they called the people together. They called the people together. And the Bible says they were there before the water gate, standing as one man both men and women in the congregation. And they built a wooden pulpit for Ezra the priest to stand on. And he had priests on his right hand, priests on his left hand. And as Ezra stood on that wooden box, that pulpit, when he opened the book of the law of Moses, they said, bring the book of the law of Moses to be read in the hearing of the people. And when Ezra opened the book, the Bible says the people stood up 
They stood up to honor God's word. And as we read from the book of the law of Moses, and the people began to worship God. They began to lift up their hands and shout amen. They began to worship God with their face facing down to the ground. They were bowing before God. And when the word came forth, and it came forth from morning, the Bible says, until midday, the people began to weep. They began to mourn. They began to be convicted about what God has said to them in his word. And then Nehemiah stood up and he says, this day is holy. Stay with me now. This day is holy unto the Lord our God. He says, mourn not, nor weep. Don't be sorry. He says, go ahead. Go your way. In other words, live your life. Go on with God. Go your way. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. Send portions unto those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day, this day is the day of the Lord. Neither be you sorry. Neither be you sorry for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Here God was telling the people, even responding to the reading of his word, I don't want you to feel sorry. I don't want you to grieve. I don't want you to mourn. I want you to be filled with the joy of the Lord. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Glory to God. Glory to God. So when I look at Nehemiah chapter 8, I see that God doesn't want us being mournful, grieveful, sorry feeling, in any circumstance, in any situation. But he wants us to know it is the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Jesus was the best example of that. He went through something none of us will never go through. He went through the, the horrendous death of crucifixion. And he went through it with joy, the Bible says. And if Jesus could go through the crucifixion with joy, why can't we have the joy of the Lord when we're being patient in our tests and our trials? So Jesus in his earthly perfection, he endured the cross with joy. In fact, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, it says, looking unto Jesus, just look unto Jesus and let him be your, your example. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And now he is sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him and such contradiction against himself with sinners that he would endure the cross lest you would be weary and faint in your mind. This is why we get weary. This is why we give up. We forget about the joy of the Lord. And the best example of the joy of the Lord was the example that Jesus gave us when he endured the cross, when he paid the price for sins he did not commit. And he did it with joy, the Bible says. And if he can undergo crucifixion with joy, you know the prophet Isaiah says he was wounded. In other words, there were spikes driven in his hands and his feet. 
He was pierced in his side. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. In other words, he died the excruciating death of of suffocation on the cross. That was the cause of death. He suffocated on the cross. So he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement that we were deserving of, that chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. And he went through all of that with joy. With joy. And the joy was, that was set before him because he saw me. He saw you and you. He saw you coming into the kingdom of God. And now that we're in the kingdom of God, we need to live our lives with joy. Now joy doesn't mean that you're grinning like a Cheshire a, a cat every day. That doesn't mean what it means. It doesn't mean that you're laughing or you're smiling from ear to ear. But joy means you have the joy of the Lord in your heart. And the, and the enemy can do what he wants to try to do, but it's not going to steal my joy. And don't you let the enemy steal your joy, whatever you do. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. Whatever you do, beloved, don't lose your joy. Glory to God. Peter and the apostles also taught us what it means to be patient with joy. Remember Peter in chapter 5, Peter and the apostles were arrested by the council. They were arrested and drugged before the council for teaching and preaching in the name of Jesus. And they were beaten. They were beaten and they were shamed. But the Bible says after they were forbidden to ever preach or teach in the name of Jesus again, Peter made it known to the council, we ought to obey God, not man. So they beat him some more. And then leaving the presence of the council after having been beat, Peter and the apostles, they rejoice. Let me say it again. After being beaten, they rejoice. They rejoice saying, Lord, thank you that you counted us worthy to suffer shame in your name. Glory to God. Can you imagine being beat and still having the joy of the Lord? Can you imagine being forbidden to teach and preach in the name of Jesus and still hold on to your joy? Peter and the apostles were determined they would not lose their joy. They were on the path of perfection. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. So patience is enduring. That's right. And when you're enduring, you're not in impatience. You're not in weariness. But you're enduring what's happening with the joy of the Lord. Glory to God. This is why Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew Chapter 10, I believe, verse 22. He was telling his disciples about, well, actually they had just come in from ministry. He had commissioned his disciples to go out, to preach, to heal the sick and to cast out devils. And they were coming back to him reporting what had happened when they went out on their, their ministry mission. And Jesus reminded them, He who endures to the end shall be saved. So it's not enough to get started on the path. You got to continue on this path. 
It's not enough to, to place your hands on the gospel plow. You've got to place your hands on the gospel plow and refuse to look back. And you've got to keep your joy. Don't lose your joy. So Jesus told his disciples, he who endures to the end shall be saved. They shall be saved. They shall be healed. They shall be delivered. They shall be preserved. They shall be made whole if you don't lose your joy. Glory to God. Matthew, Luke also had something to say about this as well. Jesus in Luke 21 verse 19 was talking to his disciples about the end times. The signs of the last days. These are the days we're living in now, beloved. Jesus told them in, in Luke chapter 21, he had told them in the last days, here are the, here are the signs of the last days. He said there'll be earthquakes in diverse places. There'll be famines. There'll be pestilence. But he says, in your patience. And that's where we are right now, beloved, in the midst of this pandemic. Jesus says, in your patience, you possess your soul. In your patience, you possess your soul. But it's joy that helps us to remain patient, to continue patiently. In your patience, possess ye your soul. What is Jesus saying? What was he saying to his disciples? He was saying, the life you gain, you will gain the life of your soul by being patient. It's one thing to talk about this thing. It's another thing to sing about us, but it's a completely different thing when you live it. So Jesus was saying, in your patience possess ye your soul. So the life, the life you will gain of your soul by being patient. Another way of looking at that is by being patient, you will experience the reality of your faith by being patient. Glory to God. Glory to God. So when I look at patience coupled with joy, I thought about a train, huh? And most of you can picture a train going down the track. I thought about a train. Now this train, if you will, beloved, picture this with me. This train would be simply called the love train. That's it, the love train. And that's right, every one of us needs to get on board of the love train. But the engine of this train would be joy. Glory to God. The boxcar of this train would be peace. Huh? But the caboose would be patience. I recall as a young boy going down to the railroad tracks, looking at the trains going by. And sometimes it seemed like those trains took forever, forever to pass by. Perhaps some of you have been at a, at a railroad crossing and you had to wait for the train to cross the road. And it seems like it takes forever or it would take forever for that train to come to an end. But when you saw that caboose, all, all of a sudden you start feeling better. You start feeling happy. Or perhaps you start feeling the joy of the Lord. The train of life as a love train. Joy is the engine. Peace is the boxcar. But patience. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.